Welcome to the All About Alts podcast, where we explore the world of alternative investing to help you find financial independence. Join our host, Newview Trust's president, Jason DeBono, as he covers a variety of topics with different guest speakers to discuss tax and alternative investing strategies. It is never too late to start taking control of your financial future, and we are so excited for you to be joining us for this opportunity to hear from some of the best in the business. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the All About Alts podcast. My name is Jason DeBono, and I am your host. And I am excited to be here today, and we're going to be talking about kind of some nerdy stuff here in IRS code, but actually some pretty cool stuff that's recently passed that's going to give IRA and retirement account savers some increased opportunity. And as you know, we love alternative investments, but we love them even more inside tax-advantaged accounts. And so anytime we can geek out a little bit on some of the cool things that are happening in Congress that are being passed to give us more freedom with our retirement money, we're always happy to sit down, dedicate some time to sharing that. Now, the SECURE Act 2.0 is not new. It was passed going into this year. And so we're a few months late to throw this on the podcast, but we felt like There's not enough press that's out in the marketplace on this. And so early on, we recorded some content. We've got some content on our website and YouTube and blog about Secure 2.0, but it's really an opportunity. And we're just not seeing enough people either understanding it or taking advantage of it. So we're going to spend some time this week walking through it, but some really cool stuff that we'll just kind of go through at a high level. In some areas, we'll drill down a little bit and we'll talk about what does it mean for you as a tax saver uh, and a retirement account saver going forward. The first one that is kind of an extension of Secure 1.0 is the changes to required minimum distributions or mandatory distributions. So for those that don't know, all pre-tax retirement accounts, including Roth employer plans, have an RMD requirement. Now, prior to the original Secure Act, that RMD age was 70 and a half. Kind of an odd age, but that was what the IRS came up with as the time at which you were required to start withdrawing money year by year. And the idea was really two part. One is that you start using that money and two, selfishly, right? Congress and the IRS wanted you to withdraw it so that you had to pay tax on it. They moved that back from 70 and a half to 72. With Secure 2.0, they actually are moving it back another year starting in 2023. And from there, they're actually going to be moving it back to 75 over the next 10 years. So a long time to get to the next two years, but you can see that continuing to move back. So if you do turn 73 this year, you will have a minimum distribution to do. You would have had one last year having turned 72. So you're not seeing any break, but you will see individuals that are turning 73 starting next year in 2024 will actually start to be able to get the break on this. And so Ultimately, the idea here is that they're allowing you two things. They're allowing you to hold off on your withdrawal so you don't have to make the tax payment. And secondly, they're allowing you to retain it in this tax-advantaged account, earning tax-deferred interest longer. Why they did this, I think just from a personal opinion, it appears to me like they've recognized a few things. Number one, if they force people to take money out of their accounts sooner, they're penalizing good savers. And I think they're really trying to help good savers save longer. Secondly, the life expectancy continues to grow. And so they're wanting to make sure that people aren't starting to take money out prematurely and then maybe not outliving their retirement account because these RMDs are digging the balance down on their retirement portfolio. I take this as a major positive and a step in the right direction. The other thing they did that ties back to RMDs is the penalty was very egregious. If you were at RMD age and you had a 
distribution, let's just say of 10,000 bucks, if you did not take that, your penalty is 50%. So if I was supposed to take out $10,000 and I didn't, they were going to fine me 5,000 bucks or 50%. That fine is actually going down to 25%. And it's also going down to 10% if you timely correct it. So what they're saying is, hey, we're no longer going to force it out and then heavily penalize you if you don't, but they are still going to fairly high penalty as it relates to a 25% penalty for non-distribution of an RMD. So something to be mindful there from an RMD standpoint. The other thing that's really cool about RMDs that, that was always a little bit odd was that Roth 401ks and Roth qualified accounts actually had an RMD. So if you were covered under a Roth 401k through your employer, you actually had to withdraw money as an RMD out of that account, which seemed a little bit odd because Roth IRAs do not have RMDs. They have since corrected that. And so going forward as well as part of Secure 2.0, if you have a Roth 401k, you no longer have a mandatory distribution to withdraw from that. A couple other things, just kind of going down the list in no particular order. They're increasing and adjusting some catch-up contributions. So take a look for where you fall in that if you're over 50. They're also starting in 2025, offering individuals age 60 to 63 an additional catch-up contribution up to $10,000 through workplace plans. That's a new twist that we haven't seen. Historically, catch-up contributions have always been age 50 and over, but this specifically singles out people in the age 60 to 63 to be able to contribute more as an additional catch-up. So won't go too deep into detail there, but just something to take notice of. IRAs will also see increases for catch-up contributions, and those will continue to be indexed for inflation as well. Something that I think is a huge opportunity and something that I'm really excited about is the matching for Roth accounts as it relates to employer contributions. And so on a go-forward basis, SEPs and SIMPLES have never been able to accept Roth contributions. They've only accepted pre-tax contributions from the employee and the employer. On a go-forward basis, you're actually going to be able to see matching contributions in the form of a Roth right into those SEPs and SIMPLES, as well as individual contributions into SIMPLE IRAs also being eligible for Roth status. So what does that mean? It means that you're now starting to see this tax deferral or tax deduction disappear they're seeing these types of contributions being made in Roth form, meaning taxes paid today. Now, obviously, from a treasury standpoint, it's pretty easy to see why Congress would be in favor of this. If I put money into a SEP that is Roth, I'm paying tax up front, whereas historically it would be paid at the end and it would be deferred. And so it's putting money into the treasury today, which is something that we're continuing to see more and more of. What does this mean for you? It means you can buy your tax today and never pay it again. I think it's the most brilliant deal that's being made available to us as taxpayers. I would say 95 out of 100 times it's worth paying the tax bill up front. Even though we may think about a deduction and we may think about the fact that if we're in a higher tax bracket, the reality of it all is, is if you can pay your tax bill today and get it out of the way and you can be a good steady earner inside that account, you will almost always win the day by getting the tax bill paid earlier. And we haven't even factored in whether tax rates will go up over the next 10, 20, 30 years. But when you boil it all down, having your taxes paid today and out of the way is a huge opportunity for you as a taxpayer. And something that I would strongly encourage everybody listening today to just take a hard look and decide, 
am I really getting that much benefit from deferring the taxes or am I just taking advantage of a little instant gratification and a few less dollars in my tax liability this year, but I'm paying a lot more for it over time by simply deferring instead of eliminating. So I won't belabor the Roth too much, but those that have been regulars on the podcast know I'm a huge advocate of these and think paying tax today is the absolute best way to go when the scenario is right. Continuing down, they've made some adjustments to qualified charitable distributions. Prior to Secure 2.0, you could make a charitable contribution as part of your RMD or directly out of an IRA and report it as a charitable contribution. They have since opened this up and do charitable remainder annuity trusts, which is not an area that I'm an expert in, but what it does is it simply opens up it sounds like some avenues to contribute to a trust that ultimately contributes to the charities of that trust choice. And so from everything that I've read on it, it's creating just an additional opportunity for people to make charitable contributions with their retirement money. All right, let's keep going down the list here. A couple other things that have happened inside of this is one is an emergency savings fund inside of defined contribution plans. There's not a lot of detail on this, but starting in 2024, it sounds like they're giving you the ability to contribute into your defined contribution Roth account, which is like a 401k. And it's giving you the opportunity to have this $2,500 annual savings account sidecar. And I think what they're trying to do here is say, hey, put money away for savings and then don't spend it and call it a Roth. And this is really cool. And I think it's something for the younger generation that's great, right? It's really hard to help someone that's 20 years old understand the value of saving for their retirement plan, right? 20-year-olds or 25-year-olds have a whole lot more exciting things to spend money on than they do to spend money on saving for retirement. Additionally, they're probably in their lower earnings years. Maybe they're getting started in a career. They're being sandwiched in with a lot of this inflationary measures and rent increases. And so they may not feel they have adequate money to even save at all. But being able to put this kind of sidecar over there as an emergency savings vehicle while still wrapping it up under a retirement plan may just be a great way to get people to save more for retirement. You can withdraw the first four times out of it are tax and penalty free. And so again, they're limiting it because they don't want you withdrawing regularly. That's a suggestion that it's more of a savings account than it is an emergency savings fund. But they're giving you access to that money via the first four distributions or withdrawals from that tax and penalty free. So that's pretty exciting. Another thing that kind of keeping with this, maybe helping out some of the younger generation, but not just exclusive to the younger generation is student loan debt. Now we know this is an area that's been a challenge and certainly a hot topic of debate for many years in terms of should these people get debt forgiveness and how did people pay their student debt and you got rising interest rates and it's really an uncomfortable situation for everybody. Starting in 2024, employers will actually be able to match employee student loan payments with matching payments to a retirement account. So if I pay $3,000 of student debt, my employer can offer me a $3,000 match. This is really cool. And I have to say, I think this is a really good idea because what they're saying is we're not paying your student debt for you, but we understand that as your employer, your student debt may have created the qualifications for you to become employed here. And as a result, we're willing to match 5%, 2%, 10% of all your student loan payments 
to help you pay them off sooner. That's something that creates a retention tool for employers. I know that if we were to offer paying off our employee student loan debt, that would certainly make us more attractive as an employer. But being able to do that in a healthy way by doing it as a match to a 401k plan makes it easier for an employer like us to make that decision and even easier for an employee to be able to see the value inside of that from a contribution standpoint. So really cool. 529 plans, keeping on the theme of student debt, 529 plans are state-sponsored savings accounts that people put money into to be able to save for qualifying educational expenses for their kids, grandkids to go to school. One of the things that's cool about this is you can actually roll your 529 plan going forward to a Roth IRA for the beneficiary subject to the limits, and you can only do $35,000 over the lifetime. So I'll give you some examples of how this may look. My son, he's 11. Now we use an educational savings account. I've mentioned that on some previous podcasts. We don't use a 529, but let's assume that we did. The 529, you can put more money into them. And so let's assume that we're looking at our 529 and maybe the returns have been healthy. Maybe we've put a little too much money in it, which I suppose is certainly not a problem. But now we get to a point where our son's 15, 16, and he's looking out saying, hey, you know what? I don't want to go to college. I'm going to vocational school or trade school, which we would certainly support and, and maybe even encourage. Or, hey, I got a scholarship offer and they're going to cover all my expenses. What do I do with this 529? Well, that's one of the drawbacks to some of these educational savings vehicles is getting the money out may not be easy or there may be tax or penalty. But the fact is, is that now if that money was not used, we could roll that into a Roth IRA for our son with a total maximum amount of rollover of 35,000 bucks over his lifetime, all while staying within the annual contribution limit. So I think it's 6,500 today, don't quote me on it, to a Roth IRA. So that means that if we knew that his 529 was not going to be used in totality, we could rail 6,500 bucks today, 2023, into a Roth in his name. Next year, we could do another 6,500 and so on until we hit the $35,000 of maximum lifetime transfer. So something that I also think is beneficial, it's something that should give you as a taxpayer a little bit more comfort if you're trying to sock more money away. Sometimes people put less money into their 529 because they don't want to overfund it. But knowing that you've got an exit strategy out of here inside this into this Roth IRA is something that's a major benefit. So as you can see, with a lot of these upcoming changes and current changes via the Secure 2.0, the Congress, government, IRS, right, as they promote this stuff is really trying to enhance both the way we save, but also trying to get a variety of different generations that may not be predisposed to save through retirement accounts to participate. So we're going to take a quick jump over to our quirky questions of the day, and then we'll come back and we'll kind of wrap all this stuff up and talk about what it really means and how to take full advantage of that. So without further ado, we'll get our producer, Maggie. She's got our quirky questions. So here we go. I'm going to go top one. Now, I always like having guests because it allows me to ask the quirky questions and get the answers from a third party. But since it's just me today, I will get these going and you'll have to deal with my answers to today's quirky questions. As always, if you do have any quirky questions you want to Get put on the list. Please email those over to our producer, Maggie, M-A-G-G-Y at newviewtrust.com. So I'll start with question number one, and it says, tell a story about a time you felt super old. What happened? 
I could tell lots of stories about times I feel super old and I, I just had a milestone birthday a few weeks ago. And certainly anytime you roll over to a new decade of years, you start to feel a smidge older. I have to say I didn't feel as old there as I do most days walking around the office. I'm a major movie quoter. I think I have a diverse ability to quote. The office suggests that I've only got a couple that I quote obnoxiously often. But I always feel super old when I go around the office and the perfect opportunity for a great movie quote comes out. I throw out the movie quote. I feel great about it. And not one person that heard it actually knows the movie I'm referencing. And the irony is some of these movies are only 10 or 12 years old. So I would say probably, yeah, anytime I quote a movie and, and nobody knows it, it just reminds me that I'm just from a different generation and maybe a bit of an old soul. Question number two, what is the weirdest snack you like to eat? I don't know how to answer this in terms of weird. I guess weird is in the eye of the beholder. I'm actually kind of a bad snacker. I really am more of a sweet tooth than I am a snacker. As you guys may know over the course of some of these podcasts that you've been listening to, my family owned a catering business and a convenience store growing up. And so as a kid, I literally lived inside a convenience store. And so I had access to a styrofoam cup and an entire Pepsi machine. And then I had access to an entire row of candy. And we certainly weren't allowed to go eat whatever we wanted. But I can assure my parents that we ate a whole lot more than they probably wanted us to. I'd have to say it's probably not necessarily a weird snack as it is I don't really snack. I'm just a candy guy. I can't walk into a gas station anymore without grabbing some sort of candy or, or snack. I've, as I'm getting older, I'm trying to grab more the bite size versus the king size. But yeah, weirdest snack, certainly not weird at all. It's just weird in the fact that I can't walk in and out of a convenience store without grabbing some sort of candy. And I have been able to kick the soda piece, but the candy piece of it, I don't think I'll ever give up. Question number three, if you could interview a celebrity and then ask them one question, who would you ask and what would you say? Oh man, this is a two-part quirky question. This one certainly is a little harder for me. So let's pause for a second here and think from a celebrity standpoint, there's so many celebrities that I'd really, really like to meet for a variety of reasons. But I think I'm going, so most of you probably don't know this about me, but my family is all from the Detroit area. And so I was born and raised a Detroit fan, Lions, Tigers, Red Wings. And so throughout that time, growing up as a kid, I followed Detroit sports and it was pretty well ingrained into me that we certainly get up on Sundays and we root for the Lions. But I can vividly remember where I was the day that Barry Sanders retired. And if you don't know who Barry Sanders is, this will also fall into question one, which is a time that I also feel super old. But Barry Sanders is the greatest running back of all time. He retired out of the blue in the middle of his career. So if I could interview a celebrity, it would certainly be Barry Sanders. And my question would be very simple. Why did you retire? I just would genuinely want to understand. And, and I don't fault him at all. I think it's great that he was willing to make that level of decision. He's still much a part of the Detroit Lions family and supports the football team very well. But I'd love to know. I think it's something that for a lot of us, we may look and say, Barry quit. And the reality is, is Barry just didn't want to do it anymore. We may feel that way in our investment strategy and in our careers or other things. And sometimes it's hard to kind of get the courage to walk away from something. And so I really would be interested in his answer just to get a feel for the why behind a decision that at the time disappointed so many people, but really in defense to Barry and his decision, no one should ever be disappointed by the decision of others, especially when that decision was his and his alone to make. So there you have it. Question number three on the quirky questions of the day. I'd want to know why Barry Sanders just up and retired from the Detroit Lions. So 
Thank you, Maggie. And to those of you that submitted your questions, I always love going through this segment, whether it's with me or with our guests. It's a lot of fun. And hopefully you guys are having a little bit of fun along with us. Remember, if you do want to join the Quirky Question group, just send an email to Maggie with a Y at newviewtrust.com. All right. Well, let's get back to business here and let's wrap up this Secure 2.0. And I want to highlight one more change that Secure 2.0 is putting out in the marketplace. I want to talk a little bit about maybe some of the differences between some of these categories of changes and who they're catering to and kind of the why behind it and really give you guys, our audience, a chance to kind of determine, hey, is that me and should it be? And how can I use this as a tool? So the last item that I want to touch on in Secure 2.0 that's a change that's actually really something that I think is great is number one is automatic enrollment into 401k and 403b plans. So what this means is that starting in 2025, it requires employers to automatically enroll eligible employees into the 401k plan. Now, people have been back and forth on this, and it seems a little bit crazy to me that people would be upset about this automatic enrollment because really they're not forcing people to save. They're forcing people to take advantage of an incredibly good plan. The beauty about forced enrollment is anybody can say, I don't want it. But what you will have inevitably is lots of people that will never notice the money out of their paycheck and all of a sudden realize that they've got a few thousand dollars saved. So when I look at this, the idea of being able to give individuals this forced participation with an opportunity to exit, because saving through a retirement account, especially through your employer, is the easiest way to save. If you wait till the end of the year, you're never going to save as much as if you took it out every time you got paid. So that's something that's really cool. It also creates an opportunity for small balances to automatically be rolled out of the plan. Not that that has much impact, but something that is part of the legislation. But yeah, so this automatic 401k enrollment is, I think, a positive thing. I think it will be met a little bit with resistance or it will frustrate some people when they wonder why they got automatically enrolled. But worst case scenario, you unenroll, no harm, no foul. I want to kind of talk about these and maybe categorize some of these because I really look at this and see opportunities for different demographics. And so the first thing is when I look at, let's just call it the millennial generation, and, and I know there's a generation coming up behind it and there's, there's a few more, but really millennials is that next wave of generation, right? That everybody's looking to and kind of saying, hey, how are they doing? That millennial generation, believe it or not, is actually doing very well in some categories. They're actually pretty good savers, but there's still a large portion that's not. And so this automatic enrollment is going to be huge. The second thing that I'm going back to that I think is huge is this emergency savings account through your employer. So saving in a retirement-like manner, but saving for short-term emergencies is a big opportunity. That's something that we preach a lot. We just did a finance class with our just employees here. And one of the big things that we talked about was from a budgeting standpoint, how are you putting money away for a flat tire? How are you putting money away for a medical expense? Or how are you putting money away for all of these increases that we've seen from an inflationary standpoint that are impacting you? Because they will inevitably show up and there will be expenses that you did not account for that have to be paid. And so I think this emergency savings vehicle is a really cool way to get there. And I think it's really smart to give people the ability to save in that short-term methodology. Because one of the drawbacks to retirement accounts is it's a long ways away. And sometimes it's hard for me to justify putting five grand into an account that I can't touch for 30 years. Also keeping in line with those millennials, and I think that's the group that really is dealing with student loan debt the most, and that is starting in 2024, getting that match. And so now's the time to start talking to your HR departments and start finding out 
if that's an option, right? Because can we put a match for individuals making contributions to paying off student debt? And how does that look? And what percentage are you matching? Is it dollar for dollar? Is it 50 cents on the dollar? Is there a cap? But if you're listening to this today and you're someone that may be paying your student loan debt off, I'd be in the HR office right after you hear this so that you can kind of understand, hey, can we start dialogue if it's not already been started? 529 plans as well. You know, this is a great opportunity. Now, most of you that they're listening either have a 529 that you've created for someone, or maybe you're the recipient. The question to ask yourself is, do you need all that money? And even more so, if you have the ability to, to put that money into your Roth and maybe pay the educational expense outside the account because of this new opportunity, it may behoove you to actually keep the money in the 529 and do that $35,000 lifetime rollover into Roth IRA. So whether or not that makes great sense for you is something you've got to look at. But I would encourage everybody that's on one side or the other of a 529 plan to really evaluate you know, what you see and what you think you'll be doing with those funds. These items all are designed around the millennial generation and below. Not to say there's not things here that a baby boomer or someone else couldn't take advantage of, but chances are baby boomers gonna already enroll into the 401k on their own. They don't need automatic enrollment for that. Chances are baby boomers hopefully are past the point of paying their student loan debt, so that may not be an issue. Baby boomers should have some emergency savings already set up, and they've probably expired any of the 529s or withdrawn those to completion that they may have had or had for their children. So I'm not suggesting any of these items are not important, but these items may be more important to that millennial generation and beyond. Where it seems like this boomer generation can really get some huge opportunities, a few things. Number one is you've got the ability to increase the way you contribute money towards charities. And so if your desire is to ultimately give some of your wealth away to charities, this expansion and being able to put money into a variety of charitable organizations is going to give you more freedom, more opportunity. And these charitable trusts will give you the ability to not just designate the charity, but actually put it into a trust that designates potentially multiple charities. So that's a big one. The other thing that I think is really big for those that are especially in the boomer side is this SEP and simple Roth option. So for those of you that are self-employed, now's a perfect time to be looking at last year because the SEP IRA is one of the few plans that allows you to contribute for the previous year. Now you cannot put in your SEP contribution to a Roth against last year, but you still can contribute for last year and this year at the same time. And that contribution you make this year can also be put directly into the Roth. Same thing on the simple side, if you have employee deferrals into a simple IRA and you want to start making those via Roth, you're going to want to talk to your HR team or your employees, depending on what side of the equation you sit on, about teeing that up inside your plan. Roth contributions represent a great opportunity and something that we encourage people to look at. And so what we're finding here to take this more globally is that Congress is really saying, hey, we want to see more in Roths. Everything that they're doing is only increasing the amount of money we put into Roth IRAs, not decreasing it. And I know there's a lot of schools of thought out there. And, and in the back of my mind, and even now, now and then you'll hear me say it, just feels like at some point they're going to turn this Roth spigot off, right? At some point, they're not going to want everyone in a Roth. They're going to find ways to eliminate people from it. And the reality is, as much as I say that, the evidence doesn't support it. 
every change that we've seen going all the way back to 2008 when 401ks could now start having its own Roth component. 2010, they lifted the Roth conversion limit so anyone could convert a pre-tax account to a Roth regardless of their income. And all the way up until where we stand today, they have only done things to enhance Roth conversions and Roth contributions, not take them away. So that's something that I think is a huge opportunity for us. If your money is not in a Roth today, I would take a good hard look at helping get it over there tomorrow. The beauty of the SEP and SIMPLE is you have accelerated contribution limits, higher contribution limits than a traditional or Roth IRA, which will allow you to not just put more money away, but you can now put more money away and take advantage of the Roth. So that's something that we would encourage you to do. The last area gets to the point of retirees. These are people that are now entering into the 70s. They're starting to withdraw money. And really, there's a few things here that's been pretty cool. One, that boomer into retiring generation now has some higher catch-up limits. And so we talked about that. If you're finding yourself in that over 50 but not ready to retire, take a look and see if you qualify for higher contribution limits to your account via catch-up. And also look to see, depending on your age, if you qualify for some of these 60 to 63 additional increases in certain plans. But as you reach that retirement age, that RMD age is something that a lot of people want to avoid. One easy way to avoid RMDs is to have your money in a Roth IRA, which is great. Then you have no RMD at all. But if you have it in a pre-tax account, then you're going to want to take a look as you reach this new RMD age and make sure that you're following the guidelines and taking your withdrawals as required and mandated by law. So Overall, what are the cliff notes? Well, number one, they're giving savers at all ages some opportunity to an encouragement to put more money into retirement accounts, right? They're increasing contribution limits, increasing portability, increasing accessibility and ease and opportunity. And as a result of doing that, they're going to create more demand inside these retirement accounts. So that's one key takeaway. The second key takeaway is that the Roth opportunity is only getting bigger, not smaller. So that's something if you're not taking full advantage of the Roth and Roth opportunities that present themselves here in Secure 2.0 or even prior, please take some time, give us a call, talk to one of our specialists and really understand how the Roth IRA can make a world of difference. And then lastly, depending on where you stand in the generational circle, the younger you are, the more enticing some of these other categories that we discussed are going to be from a sidecar savings vehicle to the student debt match, as well as emergency savings, automatic enrollment, and then being able to roll over 529 plans all represent huge opportunities and opportunities that we would encourage you to talk to your counsel about or talk to our team, get a consultation with one of our IRA specialists and really understand how this impacts you. But you can see here, this Secure 2.0 is probably bigger than most of us thought. There's a tremendous amount of things inside here that are incredibly beneficial. Some will impact you gravely. Others won't have any material impact, but how you use these and what you think the tools are inside of these is up to you. We're just here to support your ideas and initiatives. Remember, our goal is for you at All About Alts to simply be a better investor by not just investing into alternatives, but doing it in a tax advantage manner and keeping more of what you make. So, with that said, we will bring today's show to a close. Thank you, Maggie, for the quirky questions and to the audience. For those out there, please help us continue to build our audience. You can like, comment, and share. You can find this podcast on all the majors. If you have not put a review out there, we certainly would love your feedback. Hopefully it's positive. But if you've got something to say or share from a review standpoint, please do. It's really easy to do on any of the platforms. 
for podcasts where you may be listening from. As always, email your quirky questions to maggie at newviewtrust.com. If you have topics for the show or would like to be a guest or nominate a guest to be on the show, you can also send that directly to me at jason at newviewtrust.com. That's jason at newview with a U, viewtrust.com. So thank you guys for being here. Please go out, be well. Remember, the best way to build wealth is not just to be a great investor, but it's to keep as much of that great investment in your pocket by eliminating Uncle Sam as much as we can. So we'll keep educating you. You guys keep investing. Thanks, everybody, and take care. Thank you so much for listening. We hope the information within this podcast has given you the tools that you need to find your way to financial independence. We would love to partner with you on this journey. Text ALTS, that's A-L-T-S, to 407 708 1853 to learn more about how to get started today. Don't forget to follow us to make sure you don't miss a second of content and we'll see you next week.